Our camera fades in high over the skies of Alconstar, a thick layer of smog still permeating, making it hard to see. As we fade down away from Smokeside towards the optimistic side, of, known as Skyside, the camera brings into focus an airfield, or at least a collection of ramshackle taverns and inns, many having various sizes and shapes of airships moored above them. In this case, we're floating in on one particular skyship, one who's seen better days, one that's been out of commission for some while, and one in which our outlaws have commissioned a trip outside the safe confines of Alkenstar into the uninhabitable, dangerous region known as the Spellscar Desert. Here we find the second kiss, a ship belonging to an old, out-of-commission airship pilot known as Farrah Winslow, who recently was talked out of retirement. The only pilot in Alkenstar crazy enough to even take this gig. And we see her airship over her bar. The airship itself, you know, we're talking a giant blimp with a small cabin sort of bolted right on the bottom. The whole thing is like hundreds of feet from front to back. These large platform has been leveled, like pulled out from the ship all the way to the ground with the sort of folding out loading ramp. And we see... Coming into focus are four outlaws uh, with their luggage ready to go. And in the back, we see a, a motley crew of passengers, which you guys have recruited because Farrah's condition was she wants to be a real pilot again. And she wants four paying customers on her ship. And that is what you brought her. You brought four paying customers. You brought the charming Vashon Gattleby. The best the best, right? There was Hal's friend, Solessa Torita. She was a half-orc shield marshal who's now retired with her long rifle and her desire to hunt big game out in the Spellscar Desert. She's tagging along for some adventure and potentially some rekindled companionship. We'll see. Uh, and then last but not least, you traded up the toxic couple for the merchant siblings, Harem and Estery. They brought, they're like, right now they're busy loading like tons of cargo. They have like all these like trunks full of textiles and they're like loading them up the ship and you watch as it's obviously too heavy for these, these sort of like people, but they're, they're loading it under the ship along with the help from some of the crew. And that's where we fade in. That's going on in the background. People are loading in the ship. Uh, you guys are pretty much right about to get on, unless there's anything else you'd like to take care of before August starting at last minute shopping. The camera is on you three, with Nina sort of just slightly out of focus in the back. Look at her. She's already running into the ship. She's all excited to get on board. Surprising no one. Wait, I need... Oh, there she goes. Classic. That's ah, fine. We'll talk to her later. Once we get on board, I'm sure she'll be fine. 
she won't hyperfixate and we won't just lose her forever in the bowels of the ship. I'm going to go find my bug. And I, I imagine Saruk is carrying, other than the, the stuff that they need to do the things that they do, like very little, like here is bedroll, here is pillow, and then like thrown on top of the pack. In we go. Got a couple of boxes of chalkies. Yeah, you do. But how was Hal traveling like? He looks at Rafikul. Never been out of the city, huh? No, I mean, maybe outside the walls a bit, but uh, never far. Never far. How high up do you think this thing goes? Probably the, you know, those towers on the sky side. Fingers. Yep. Probably about that, about that, about that high. I see him when uh, I was out there in Manways. You'd see him go by back and forth every once in a while. Hurt pretty bad if he fell from there. You don't know the half of it. Up on the like door of the ship, like leaning out, you see Farah like. We're up in five. Everyone get on. We got orientation before we get out of here. Joy of joys. Orientation? For what? I guess we better get on. And I'll follow Hal onto the ship. So there's a bit of a slow going here because in front of you guys, um, there's there's a little bit of a bottleneck as Wybert attempts to make his way into the ship. And Wybert is a very large robot. And this ship is not made for large things. So you see Wybert sort of like scraping through the door, getting jammed. Everyone's trying to pull him through. The wood sort of splinters and buckles around bits of Wybert as he comes in. It is definitely not a wide amount of space for such a large companion. But he's able to get in and uh, sort of everyone flows. Welcome to the interior of... The second kiss. So you, this, the way it works, right? This sort of staircase here that I'm pinging, this is sort of the loading dock that goes in and out, goes down from the ship back to the ground. Once you guys are all on, they sort of like pull up the, the sort of loading grate and like close the door and like lock and seal. Um, and then you guys find yourself in a dining cabin. You know, there's plenty of like tables bits of cups and dishes that have been put out with like light snacks um, and Farah like motions for each one of you guys to sort of take a seat and you, you sort of assemble in the room and she wants to take a minute to run her orientation here so she'll give you a minute to settle in and at least you can see what the inside of the ship looks like I also brought one of the other bottles of booze that we found in the brewery of course She'll start by just saying, Welcome to your next adventure. This is the second kiss, and I am the fair Pharaoh. I guess she has more of a raspy voice, doesn't she? Like, ah, I am the fair Pharaoh Winslow. Uh, but this this is our, our captain, Farrah, the fair Pharaoh Winslow. She is a dwarven tiefling. She's got mysterious look. She's always got a lit cigarette in her mouth broken horn she welcomes you all and would like to remind you to stay within the two cabins that you have access to this is the main cabin she points to this staircase leading up and there's a staircase in the back where Wybert is sort of wedged in the back of the room 
that staircase. Both of those will take you up to where your cabins are. You guys have to figure out your own sleeping arrangements uh, between you guys and all the passengers. But she, she takes a minute to sort of introduce her crew. So she's the captain, Farrah Winslow. She motions to the side of her, and there is this um, handsome man dressed to the nines in traditional Alkenstar garb. This here is Dezen Drakes, my co-captain, second in command. If I'm not around, you do what he says. He'll keep us safe. Ain't that right? And you can tell Dezen just by his body language. He's just kind of like, whatever, man. Hey, guys, welcome to the second kiss. We're going to have a great time. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cuts him off. Um, and he kind of shuts up. Over here, this is my uh, my my engineering crew. And you see, like, these two goblins kind of pop out. This one's no. This one's Gebin. That one's Nolby. And then they're like, Hi! I'm Gebin! I'm gonna keep you up and running! We ain't going down as long as I'm in command, but don't listen to my half-sister over here! And she's like, Why, you knucklehead? And she grabs him and she rubs her hand on his head. She's like... I'll be the one saving your skin when he's trying to crash this damn ship. We'll be up in the cabins. We'll be in the restricted area. Employees only. Don't come through unless you want to get your arms ripped off. You can look and see that they are covered in like bandages. And, you know, one of them has like a prosthetic arm. If you wish to stay alive, stay out of the engine room. They sort of go back in. And Farrah is like, yes, yes. I would like to reiterate, there is no guest to be in the employee area. You are to stay confined to the first two levels and nothing more, unless you're escorted. Last, certainly not least, well, maybe it is his first run with us. This is my cabin mate. We're we're light on crew here today. Uh, he's going to be working as your bartender, your waiter. You need something. This is your man. Go ahead and introduce yourself. And then he's like, uh, 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 hi, hi. Uh, you can call me l- 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 Lucky. How do you do? If you need some kind of like drinks or something. Uh, just meet me on the bar in the back and he points to the back and you can see right at the back there is like sort of a door and then in the back of that door there is um, a outdoor sort of patio set up with a full bar. He's like, that'll be my, 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 my office. Feel free to stop by. And he sort of like immediately like sits back down out of view. What do they call him? Lucky. Farrah's like, Good uh good question. Why do they call you lucky? And he's like, I I I I I won a card game once. And that's all he says. <laughs> he just leaves it a bed. Oh, we're gonna die, aren't we? <laughs> Optimism. Not if we're lucky. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get loaded up here. You guys get up in the engine room, make sure everything's ready to go. Off the ground in five minutes. 
Uh, make sure you guys get situated. Feel free to explore the cabins. And uh, first stop, Cloud Reaver Keep. Current estimated time of, of arrival is about 24 hours from now. So settle in. Dinner will be served in approximately sundown. Other than that, thank you for choosing the fair Farrah Winslow. And uh, her and uh, she opens the door and her and Dezen kind of go back into the engine room. Nolby and Gebin immediately like like wave and head upstairs to go get the ship ready for takeoff. Um, and all the passengers around you sort of start gathering their luggage and looking for uh, for where they're going to, to sleep. That'll be like, this is the worst fucking airship I've ever been on. And sort of stumbles upstairs. I think I'll excuse myself to the deck. Watch the ship take off. Y'all know where to find me. Hmm. I think I might find a bunk. Lucky's trying to squeeze by Wyber. He's like, excuse me. But luckily he's like kind of a tiny halfling, so he's able to kind of step around the robot. Why are there so many snakes on this motherfucking airship? (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of all these snakes. I thought that would be funny. <laughs> uh, Lanks kind of co- lucky, sorry, lucky Lanks comes around and sort of offers like pre-flight uh, cocktails for anyone before takeoff. If anyone would like one, he's sort of going around just offering them to everyone. Celessa doesn't seem like in a hurry to get up to the bunk, kind of like looking out the window, gazing, you know, off to the distance. The the real issue here, as which you guys will quickly come to realize on the uh, the sort of the second deck, uh, the upper deck, is that um, there is not quite enough rooms for all the guests that you guys have brought. Well, let me rephrase that. There are three cabins that are uh, basically for uh, for guests. You guys have brought three groups of guests, so they immediately assume that each one of them gets sort of one of these bedrooms. But there's a, there's an awkward moment where everybody's sort of making eye contact. The two, like the, uh, the halfling uh, brother and sister immediately call dibs on a room and start loading all their, their uh, textile gear into one of them. And like Gattleby's up there basically making dibs on one of the rooms. So any, any of you guys that go up there to check it out and you feel free to move your token up the, uh, up the staircase to explore it if you'd like issue really becomes like where do you guys want to uh sort of sleep or how do you want to to do it so saruk's stuff is on one of those beds i feel like i i have seen them but i am not looking at them this is a strange dichotomy Uh, if there are enough beds for all of us in one room that seems probably what saruk would push for if not if that becomes evident or rather, I think because Saruk would know doing the mental math quickly. Running, 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 running back up the stairs. Yeah, so the way it looks is like basically each bedroom seems to have like two beds in it. Oh, up here, Refikul, uh, you also see like uh, Nolby and Gebin have like sort of opened this little like hallway. It's like this little door. It's got like a, a pretty thick little padlock on it. And they like unlock it and like open the door. And you can see beyond it. It's just like almost a closet with a a ladder that just goes straight up. And as it goes up, you just hear the sort of loud rumbling of the engine spinning up above, like kind of echoing down. And they kind of like go through the door and look back at you. 
and then um, give you like a thumbs up and then close and lock the door behind them. And then they are back. And that's like the big door. This is like employees only. There's one on the north and the south end of this hallway up here. But yeah, what you see um, as far as the bedrooms go, Saruk, uh, there's three bedrooms. Each has two beds in them. There doesn't seem to be one room that's big enough for all of you. Uh, there are some bigger bedrooms up here. If you go around and like check some of the, the doors, there is a cruise bedroom like way up on the north, but it's you know listed for crew only. Sarah and Dezen each have their own bedroom, which is like here and here on the floor. And then beyond that, there doesn't appear to be enough full-on bedrooms. That being said, there are other quarters. Like there's a, a sort of a games room down here in the bottom with like tables and chairs and stuff. And then actually over on this side, um, if you want to check on the east side, there is a sort of lounge that has a couple of couches and some some kind of cushioned sofas. Um, interestingly enough, as you come in, every single piece of furniture in these rooms are like bolted to the ground. So they're not freestanding. Like every every chair, every table, every couch, they're all locked into the wood so they don't slide around even as the airship moves. There are some places where people could potentially crash in here as well. Is this a like staircase here in the middle? Yeah, that looks like it's a spiral staircase that seems to go back down to the first floor of the airship circle jam is blanket and pillow on yonder chair that'll do can't be any worse than phoebe's probably quieter and back down we're letting these people just take the rooms then so that's what's happening i mean the couches look fine i mean and then leans in if you want to pick a fight with gattleby about it that is your boulder wrestle i think i hear hal shouting from downstairs i can't really hear him though I said I don't need a place to sleep. It beats the hell out of sleep behind a brothel, but I was thinking now we got some time, maybe we just sit around and play some cards downstairs. You know? Yeah. Instead of running for our lives or laying on the ground bleeding out. Yeah. We just take some time to relax. Absolutely. I'm gonna go watch the ship take off and then I'll I'll be right with you. Right, we're gonna get started. And I pull out the bottle of booze. They always overcharge for cocktails on here anyway. That's the truth. Uh, believe it or not, when uh, L- Lucky came by to give you the cocktails, like the ones he was offering pre-flight were free. Wow. In that case, I'm saving the bottle of booze for later. Were they uh, airship bottles? Sure. <laughs> I ordered the sweetest drink they have. Uh, 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 right, uh, grenadine, got it. And he's like looking under the the bar for any sort of alcoholic uh, drink. Right, of course, of of course. Sorry, sorry. And he's like back. He's like, where is it? He's like, he looks like he's like out of place. He doesn't know where anything is. He's looking through the bar, but he's happy to sort of acquiesce to your request. And yeah, it's not too long before um, you know they've sort of pull in the ropes on the side of the ships and Dezen goes around and sort of un- like right, what it is on the floor. There's a bartender that works at the bar. So that bartender comes out. He's like the last crew that's staying behind to work the bar. And he sort of comes out and like unravels the ropes from these stakes. And as he undoes that, Dezen is sort of yanking him up onto the ship. 
and it's not too far from from you guys are no longer sort of tethered here to the ground and like slowly as that happens Farah makes a sort of announcement like here we go and like very slowly almost anticlimactically you guys start rising it looks almost imperceptible to like the ground but you notice you're floating up at a a few feet per second uh, that damn lucky's taking too long, and I pull the bottle back out, and I pour two glass, two shots for me and, <laughs> and how to fly in, I guess. Where's that cocktail? Uh, Saruk's out there. You watch as Lucky's like fumbling with the drinks and stuff, and he gets the tray, and he gets he gets one of it up, and then as the the airship sort of does a little like jolt as it like sort of corrects itself, um, and like spills the the bottle. He's like, oh, shit. And he, he looks at you, and you're looking at him, and he takes the tray, and he puts the glass down, and he just pours the drink off the tray back into the cup and shakes it into the glass and then puts it back on and takes it into to Hal and Ruffy. Cirque will follow after. So flying. Flying. Ah, about damn time. Puts, it, puts the drinks down. And then immediately goes back to, to the bar. Um, a couple of the other passengers have filtered down, but for the most part, everyone's really interested in watching the takeoff from whatever window they can get view of. You know, if you drink all that sugar, it'll make your fangs fall out, right? Ah, heard that before. Hasn't happened yet. I mean, that'll literally make you all bark, no bite. Hmm. <laughs> barking. Hmm. <laughs> To barking. <laughs> and definitely not biting. Plays with the rings on his tusks. I've heard it's not really biting. You just stab. You're, you're just stabbing people with your teeth. Yeah, more or less. Hmm. Somebody deal me in. I'm assuming Hal's probably deal. Yeah, no. Yeah, you got no problem sitting here. The the ride's pretty smooth. You guys, as you're looking out the window, because there's these nice windows in this like dining room cabin. It floats up, and you you realize that you're actually getting up pretty high. You you almost have risen at this point. It's like a view that most of you have never seen, except for maybe Saruk, which is the view of Alkenstar from like above the smog as you sort of like rise above, and you can just see the whole city is just covered in this layer of like dingy smog covered smoke. Uh, it makes it hard to even see the streets of Smokeside. You can barely make out a little bit of like Skyside, and just kind of piercing through the top. Of that is like Grayson's Fingers, the sort of highest buildings in the city. The penthouses at the top of that having this nice view of the sky and the sun all the time. And it sort of floats up and you you kind of watch as Alkenstar becomes this sort of small thing that you feel like you could almost like reach out and put it in your pocket. And you kind of drift off northeast of the city towards Cloud River Keep. Watching kind of Everything drifts slowly away. So Hal will deal out some cards, and then he'll look towards Saruk and ask, "What? Uh, you ever think what you're going to do after this? I mean, once this is all over, after this, I'm going to go back home. I presume that folks will let me get my job back, and I will, depending on circumstances, receive a promotion or." or I'll be back to a desk job. And that will be a relief, but it won't be 
I don't know. Sometimes I look out at Alcanzar and I see how shitty it is. And I think, or I would like to think, that I've done a small measure of good in waves broadly towards the window. Maybe my place is more in places like that. What about you? Mm, I haven't really thought much about it, to be quite honest. I mean, I made my way here from out west. Needed some coin to survive. You came from the Mwangi Expanse? I never knew. No, uh, Shattered Lands. Well, the dark side of the Shattered Lands, if you can believe it. I think I can. Probably go back to helping them kids make it across the desert. Not all over. But I don't know. The last ones I had didn't make it. So we didn't have enough to eat. You see, man, a storm came through and we were in the, I don't know what it would be called, plane of shadow. That's why, you know, that's where most of us come from. There was a storm. I was escorting some kids through into safer areas from where we grew up and ended out in the middle of the desert somewhere and slowly made my way to that city up, up river and was working for the engineers for a little while just to make some coin, but they were so little and small and out of their element and they didn't make it. Unfortunate. What about you, Ruffy? I thought the desert was full of lizard tails. That was a necessity to learn how to catch them and then kind of trial and error to understand that they're edible or not. Um, you know, the kids got so hungry, they ate, we ate whatever we could find and some of that stuff wasn't so good. Most of those lizard tails have lizards attached to them as well and they don't take kindly to does the like thumb other hand pantomime pull trick they grow back well found out they grow back <laughs> certain kinds but i was thinking maybe heading to absalom they say that there's a well, relatively large city on the other side i mean if i go back to shadow it's really just it's just the middle of the desert. I can either go back the way I came, but I mean, there's just Oma dragons and giants and all all sorts of scary beasts out there. And figured somebody could use my type of skills, maybe a mercenary caravan guard, something like that. Certainly, the city at the center of the world ought have many opportunities in it. Presumably, it's not the same as the city nebulously behind us. Ain't that the truth? Isn't there some podunk town near Absalom that's the home of a group of legendary heroes? Oh, right. Did you? I'd heard some stories coming, but I hadn't picked uh, more than bits and pieces. Oh, you mean the Atari 2600s? That's them. I don't know. Sounds like a fairy tale. Yeah, probably don't exist. Just a bunch of bards, slores, trying to make coin. Heard they're real good at identifying kobolds. Hmm. With certainty. 
hundred percent certainty. Yeah, Ruffy, what are you doing after this? Like, you're going to be at the end of your. I mean, you don't take me as a guy who looks past what he's going to do the next hour, let alone the next week. As I pour another drink. When you feel that you're living off borrowed time for long enough, you tend not to look past the next drink. No. Put my glass up to cheers and down it. Some more like a lease on life that you can renew every few years or in our case, every few weeks. Or at least you're going to stamp really hard when you find the person who did what they did to you and do what you must. Right. Haven't given much thought after that. Haven't given much thought if there will be an after that, so. Not sure. Why make plans, really? Something to live for. Honestly. No, Refi's right. There's, there's wisdom to living in the moment, not dwelling on the the past or the future, the former being ghosts that haunt you and the latter often being anxieties that do the same. The present moment, the now, the, the things that we can handle today. And then tomorrow, if well, we find ourselves, should I say free agents or should I say out from under Phoebe's thumb? I'll say both. Free agents, out from under Phoebe's thumb. We can go from there. Ruffy doesn't take me as a guy that's really anxious about anything other than his next chalky or his next shot of whiskey or both of them mixed. That's pretty gross. It's not bad, actually. Just give it a try. I'll stick with my lizard tails. Maybe around this time, like Celeste sort of comes by and sees you, the three of you guys playing cards and drinking and kind of shooting the shit. And she kind of looks down and she's like, got a room for one more at this game? She kind of pats her, her little coin purse. I got, I got some coin. Yeah. Sit down. Sidles in um, on the booth like next to Hal and pulls some coin out and kind of gets dealt into the next hand. So what's it like being retired? And what, did, what was it like the last several months? I mean, honestly, everything's kind of gone to shit since the purge. It's been a shit show around here. I've just been counting the days to my retirement. No one's in it for the city anymore. You know what I mean? We used to do what we did because we knew it was all for the greater good. But now it's all about following orders come to Alkenstar to follow orders. You know what I mean? We're free thinkers out here. We don't live under the boot of anyone else. Even if, especially if that boot is the Duchess. Speaking of boots, who's under Angelique's boots nowadays? Angelique, she's uh, she's gone off the deep end, that one. She used to be the weird kid, you know, the one that no one wanted to eat with in the mess hall. She 
spend her time patrolling the mana waste because, well, she didn't like people, which was fine because we didn't really like her that much either. The purge. I think it changed her. I think it opened her eyes. She's uh, she's all about that upward mobility now. Got promoted. I feel like the Outlander is missing just a little bit of context here. Purge? Ah, yeah, the Purge. You didn't tell me about the Purge, Hal? I mean, to be quite frank, this is really the first lengthy conversation me and Saruk had had since we got together. I mean, either I was unconscious or he was unconscious or we were both unconscious at some point. It's also the first conversation I've had with a member of law enforcement that wasn't, uh, how do I put this nicely, trying to shoot me. Look, I cashed in my badge. I ain't no law enforcement anymore. That being said, you give me a shot of that whiskey and I'll tell you all about the purge. Looks over to Refi. Yes, side eyes Refi. What's Refi's reaction like sitting across from a fairly recent Sheeran Marshal? You are surrounded by three cops, two of them former. <laughs> what are you doing? I think he pours her to the whiskey. He just smiles at her. Doesn't really phase him too much. Wouldn't be the first Shield Marshal he's dined with. I'm assuming there's probably been quite a few of them that have been been over to Muglins, so. It's very true. So you take she takes a shot, she thanks you, she downs it. For the greater good. For the greater good. Here, here. I guess it depends on how far you want to go back. You can go back to the beginning to Alkenstar. Started this great city, this idea, freedom. Not letting somebody else tell you what to do, right? But you gotta have you gotta have rules. You gotta have laws. People people eat each other, and Alkenstar knew that. And that's why we started the Shield Marshals. I never met the man way before my time, but Angelique, she served with him. You should ask her. She probably has some stories. I feel like that will be complicated to do. Anyhow, things are the way they are. Did we do things the best way? Some of us think so. Did we skim a little off the top sometimes? Maybe. But did we keep Alkenstar safe? You know goddamn well we did. The mutants. The giants. Everyone came at us and we protected everyone. Now, they might not say we followed all the laws. But sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. For the greater good. Looks over at Ruffy. Anyhow, once the Duchess came in, this Trietta Rashetta, she wants reform, she says. She acts 25% of the force. Well, at least she put pressure on the captain to do it. 
They anyone that got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, they were gone. What do you think happened? Crime went up. Standard of living's worse. Alcastar gets worse by the year. All because she couldn't leave well enough alone. Of course, those of us still around gotta move up in this world, right? Gotta move up. Like Angelique has been doing. Yes, exactly. Well, 25% laid off. Many more quit. They know what it's like. Only some of us old-timers left. If you didn't die, if you weren't arrested, you earn a retirement. And she stares out the window with like a kind of a glaze on her eyes, like... What left is there to do in this world? Hunt, I guess. Yeah, why not? You put in the hours. If Hal vouches for you, then... The city is very complicated, but laws are required to govern waves again broadly in the general direction of where Alcantar once was. I don't know you well enough to say this, and my experience in your city has often been that the the police force is more corrupt than the criminal underworld, but I believe you had it. Your heart was in the right place, I guess. Something to hold on to? I think if you were to ask some of the criminals in this city, and you were to ask some of the shield marshals in this city I think we'd both agree there's one kind of person you neither side can stand that's a snitch I'll drink to that I pour a double yep. <laughs> that's why I can't stand these snitches these goody two shoes like Angelique moving up it ain't right I feel like the phrase goody two-shoes and the name Angelique Loveless, they don't no go together from what I've understood in my time here. You kidding? Angelique's the kind of person that would sell you out to her captain for a merit in her folder. She's straight as an arrow, they say. hundred years she's been out here on these mana wastes and she didn't make any friends on the forest, I'll tell you that much. She didn't need him. She's got plenty of other friends. Snaps when Ruffy says that. What do you know about Angelique, anyway? <laughs> she Let's catch you jaywalking, write you a ticket. In a manner of speaking, yes. Let's just say we met somewhere up on high. And she wrote me a ticket one way down. Ah, I've had my fair share. Well, not me personally, but uh, she's had a few dealings with um, some old family of mine. Not great dealings either. We got a little wrapped up a while ago. We we almost brought a strap, scrap tower down on her fucking head. 
That would have solved a lot of problems. Two rocks with one stone there. I would have liked to have seen the look on her face when you did that. It was good. Can't stand the bitch. You wouldn't happen to know where she hangs out or the directly under her, like like Hal was saying. Like I said, not many friends on the force. She went snitching quite a bit during the purge. She uh she didn't have many friends before and she certainly doesn't have many now. I don't know. Something changed. Mithril linings, I suppose. Purge sounds like a good way to get rid of enemies and people who might be uh, asking too many questions that Miss Angelique didn't like. Stitch your way to the top of the pile and then suddenly the pile can look like whatever the fuck you want it to. Good way to keep your eyes off yourself as well. Mm. Their eyes off yourself. What are you hinting at? Angelique might be a straight and narrow, but it's a poisoned arrow straight to your heart. All I know about Angelique, she didn't have the same moral compass that all of us did. Hers might have been a bit more on the narrow. She wasn't as willing to let things slide. She's not the kind to take a payment for a ticket up front. She's She's always had her own interpretation of the law. A, shall we say, strict interpretation. But a poison of the air, heart to the, a poison arrow to the heart. Nah, I don't see it. You ever hear of, uh, Old Rock? Some whispers. What if I told you that Angelique was closely associated with him and his associates. I mean, word on the street is she killed him. She tried. You can see he's like, she's like sizing you up a bit now. I see. But if memory serves me right, you were on the wrong side of the law, were you not? Uh, now, hypothetically speaking, if I was this old rock fella, the wrong side or right side is irrelevant, but uh, it's a question of Angelique's connections and exactly how she knew where to be and when. I'm just not seeing it. Sorry. Folds her. She folds her hand. That's fine. You keep your eye on the greater good of of Skyside, at least. She shrugs, takes a drink, and gets ready for, like, the next hand. Around this time, like, Dezen is Dezen is sort of, like, coming down just to check in you guys, like, how's it going? Everything going good here? We're, we've hit our cruising altitude. You're free to move about the cabin. Everything's gonna be great. Oh, if you look out that window, you can see uh, we're just coming across... Alkenstar Falls, can you see it on the distance there? And he starts pointing out like the, the waterfall from like a distance. Which was right in the middle of the city, but still. He's he's just trying to be a good tour guide. Celeste's like, when are we gonna be close enough to shoot something? Well, not until after Cloud Reaver Keep, okay? We're, the captain's made arrangements. 
We're going to go right through the, the dinosaur flatlands, and yeah, you'll have plenty to hunt. Dinosaurs. We're hunting dinosaurs. Celeste's like, damn straight. So Desen smiles and looks at the other ones. He says, is there anything else I can do for you? I think we're good. Thank you. Oh, I did hear the kerfuffle about bunk arrangements. I, I do have a room upstairs. I'm not going to be using it much. I have a bunk up in the captain in the in the flight deck I can use. Uh, if if one of you would like access, uh, feel free to, to please make yourself at home. Thank you. Great. We'll take it. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. Sure. And he smiles and continues on. I do not know what that man has been drinking today, but I think that is the first cheery person I've met since I got to Alkenstar. Holy shit. He smells a bit like skunk. <laughs> that would explain it. Uh, Celesta kind of gets up and excuses herself from the car game. Like, ah, I'm going to go grab my bunk. Uh, I, I did notice my room's got two beds. I don't exactly need both of them. How? I mean, if you're interested, you can always shack up. Again? She laughs a little bit. <laughs> Bed's yours if you want it. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I have camped on worse chairs and couches. Okay. We can do that. There's a little bit of a like a, a smirk on her face as she like exits and goes back upstairs. To the greater good. To the greater good. Lucky! Lucky! Another round of drinks. Where is that little man? Coming, sir. And then he's out on the deck, like trying to mix drinks. Uh, absolutely, is uh, is working on uh, drinks for you guys. And I think uh, right around there, uh, you the camera sort of stops, and we see the the like airship. It's not moving fast, right? This isn't like zooming or anything, but it's it's moving at like a pretty steady pace. And I think second kiss is given a movement speed of thirty feet per round. So. One stride, like a little bit more than a stride action, right? For maybe a stride action for some of you guys. Like if you guys sprint ran, you could outrun it. But you know the advantage here is that it's constant speed. There's no slowdown. It's just sort of like slowly drifting through the sky, and we kind of watch as like as the the ship's going, it kind of leaves the frame and gets smaller. As you can see, Lynx Lucky on the back of the ship cruising a little bit of the drinks, and there's like a little bit of like cloud cover. The last thing we see before we go to break is sort of like dark sort of figures within the clouds and like wings sort of flapping and like following your ship. And um, we, d we don't see what they are, but we see like two like shadowy figures in the clouds following your ship. Honestly, I think because everything has been so what's the word over the top and crazy since Alkenstar, I think Saruk is very happy to just be around friends and shoot the shit and not have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or like whether or not he's going to be able to sleep safely or like here comes someone breaking in the window of the fucking barrel bullet or whatever. Entirely opposite of those ominous shadows following us, but just right. stuck to the team and hanging out and trying to have fun. Cool. Letting the, the man bun down. Probably literally. I don't have like Sokka with the hair undone. Hey, Wiffle, if you're watching, I need to talk to you about new art. But that. <laughs> Anything different from Ruffy and or Hal? 
everyone's just sort of enjoying some downtime, some like relaxing time. Probably a certain point, Refi turned his back towards the window and is just doing the same thing, playing cards, drinking, talking. And Hal's completely like oblivious to anything, just having conversations with his new friends, getting to know these guys a little bit better, still like leery of Reficule, but you know, maybe this will bridge the gap. I mean, provided we don't get attacked by foreboding ominous and cliffhangers, but yeah, he's just relaxing. Really, like, letting himself for the first time in a long time just not really have a care while they do this travel. But, uh, yeah, Nolby and Gebin, there we go. Nolby and Gebin, the two goblins at this point, they've even managed, like, everything's been going pretty steady. Uh, engines are wound, everything's good to go. They've kind of also taken up a spot in, like, a table, sort of in the dining room. They've got a few drinks uh, brought by uh, Lucky, some really, like, strong, like, oil, grease oil over ice, kind of, and they're, like, both, like, drinking that sort of thing. Siblings, the merchants, they're upstairs in the games room. They're kind of enjoying a game of chess against each other. And then uh, Anita has been not handling the airship very well in the swaying motion, and she's barfed a few times over the edge, and she's currently, like went into the um she's spending a lot of time in the bathrooms there are bathrooms on this uh ship like basically little porta potty type things and she's spending a lot of time like barfing into those uh, until she can get used to the the sort of swaying motion that that many of you are seemingly not affected by and then uh, the last person like the, the pilot and the co-pilot um sarah and Dezen are both up on the front in the flight deck they are making sure the ship goes. You haven't seen much of them. And then Gattleby's like Gattleby and Lucky are out on the, the exposed like patio drinking at the bar. Uh, Gattleby just has like a pile of glasses and Lucky and him are just like shooting the shit. Life is good and life is relaxing. And for just a moment, you forget of all the dangers and the troubles. Probably around then is when you hear like a scream from the patio area <laughs> and then the door like flies open and lucky comes like hightailing it into the room and he's like there's something out there and he like basically like almost like falls against the wall like swooning and like fainting there's an ominous sort of like shadow that falls on the window outside you guys as you catch a look of a creature that looks like this fly past the window I'll come to the battle screen so our viewers can see. It's this weird amalgamation creature. Feet of an eagle, body of a horse, head of a wolf, reindeer antlers. And you see it for just a second, like, through the clouds, and it's visible. You kind of watch as it swoops back, and it looks like it's about to, like, land on the uh, the patio outside where currently Gattleby is, like, drinking. Across from you, like you see uh, Nolby and Gebin, they're like, oh shit, we gotta get up, like, like I-, I gotta get up to the cannon, I'm the only one that can that can operate it, and then the other one's like, screw you, I'm the only one that can do it, and you see them like arguing over each other and like getting into a fist fight of who should actually go like handle the, uh, the ballista, 
and they kind of stop in the middle of this fight and look over at you guys. And then it's like, oh, it takes two people. So one of you come with one of us. Which one should it be? And like, they're like, moving. Okay, they, but they want to know which one. Me, 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 me. They both want to know which one you want to come with. Them. Uh, which one of you is better at it? Don't fucking uh, 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 that one. Whoever talked first, I point to them. <laughs> All right, you get Nolby. Uh, so, so they kind of like lead you up into the stairs. Um, they go one of they open the um, they open the door right the locked door. You guys climb up the ladder. One of them runs off to the uh, here. I'll just move you up so you can see it. They they bring you up here right. They unlock this door. You get to go up into this little like ladder. You get to then climb up which takes you into the actual, like, inside of the balloon. And then you've got to go f- south again to right in the middle where this ladder is. And then you've got to climb up that ladder. <laughs> and finally, at the very end of all of that, you end up on top of the balloon, way above everyone else. The, the, the clouds are around you, the airship. Uh, the map shows two, but the description is there's a singular, old, kind of rusty, busted ballista. Um, and you and Gelbin, or Nolby, sorry, you and Nolby are able to, like, kind of start working it. You look over the edge, and you see two of these creatures sort of floating around. It looks like they are sort of ready to, like, pounce on the uh, the airship. That's going on. You are now, you and Nolby together can operate this siege weapon. But back down in the cabin, we have Hal and Ruficule. So what are you guys doing? Finish my drink. I knew we were going to fucking bloody die in here. I think Hal's going to run back to his new roommate and uh, tell Celesta, well, we're not at the dinosaur lowlands yet, but there's something you can hunt right outside. Come with us. You got an extra one of those long rifles? If not, I think Refugio's got one. No, no, yeah, I, I got one. Uh, make a diplomacy check, Hal. Diplomacy check, okay. Yeah, so if you, you, you're telling Celesta that there is some action outside, bring the rifle, we're hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, 19? 19, not bad. You, you can see there's, some, there's, there's a bit of hesitation in her eyes, but... Sensing the urgency of the situation, she nods. She goes. She pulls out her like long rifle and a pouch of her ammunition, and she does come down with you. Nice. I'll pass refugee. Grab the blunderbuss. Yeah, we would have brought the whole stockpile of arms. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Going that so you going guys- to the desert, we br- would have brought them all. Yep. So I'll move your you guys. The only like the only way the only place in this whole ship other than the very top where uh, Saruk and Nolby are sort of loading the uh, weapons is is this sort of open air bar. And as you guys sort of step out, you know, Lucky's already gone. Lucky has like recused himself upstairs to the safety of um, the second story. Gattleby, in his like arrogance or his drunkenness is still sitting at the bar looking around at the things that are floating and he looks up at you guys and he's like ah situation guys we're well aware 
What are you going to do to help? Well, bolts. I guess, uh... I guess I'll just get out of the professional's way. He, like, he eyes your, like, firearms that you guys are holding, and you can see that he, like, you know, he gives them, like, a wide berth as he kind of, like, scuttles around the edge of you guys, trying to, like, stay out of reach of your firearms, and, like, goes back inside and just takes a seat in the dining room, Kevin. Bloody fucking useless. Right. Um, Once you're outside, uh... You guys can each give me a perception check. I think I would like this to be a lead I'm pursuing. Um, sure. Perception. Mary Chrysler. Someone has said Nina ain't here. <laughs> now, which stairway goes up top? Back. Uh, this one right here. Yeah, the outside is here on this patio. Upstairs is all enclosed. There's not even any windows on the second story. Can these windows be opened? They are just solid panes of glass. They're actually not openable. But they can be broken into or shot through. It should be fun. Okay, so better perceptions. It was 17, 23, 20. Yeah, uh, looking through the clouds, you can see that there are two of these things. There are uh, these things that are trying their best to sort of float through the air. They're trying to stay stealthy, but you guys, they're not very good at it. And I think um, in that sort of moment, and um, there is about to be an initiative starting. I'm going to use stealth for these creatures' um, initiative. You guys can all roll your perceptions. Al, you want the blunderbuss or the musket? I'll grab the blunderbuss. I have no idea what's the difference. Toss him the blunderbuss. Man, I really wish I would have taken the airship floor today. Heck. Yeah, piloting lore at least. Yeah, if only I could roll that for initiative. True. Oh, hey, my initiative is probably too higher because even at rest, Hal was scouting, right? Actually, I was thinking Hal would not be scouting because he's just relaxing. For the first time. For the the first first time 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 in forever. forever. (laughs) That's where did that blunderbuss go? Hal and Ruffy, go ahead and roll that initiative for me if you can. Hutcha. That's a 22. Never take breaks, you guys. Never let your guard down, because look what happens. First round initiative, you and Refi are, like, getting your guns back and forth, trying to get, get what who's using what situated, kind of using the ship for cover. So the creatures get to go first. Um, they're sort of flying. They're using the ship for cover. You guys are looking around. They're kind of hard to see. Um, one of them sort of use, like kind of pops down from the ship. And flies with its uh, fly speed right near, darting in right over the top of you, Hal. And there's not like a ton of space here, but there's a little bit of space and it's kind of above you. And you watch as it's flying right over the top of you. And its eyes sort of flicker and you can feel a bit of a weird fuzzy feeling in your feet. And I need you to make a will save for me, please. Thought I was in my stomachs from all the booze. <laughs> mm, hero point. 18 will be a fail, so you can go ahead and hero point that. Even better. One better, still a failure. So you watch, you feel like a tingling in your feet that's really weird. And then this creature's flying over the top of you. And you, who are so in tune with like shadows and shadow worlds and things like that, you notice that this creature flying there. It's shadow that's kind of cast on the floor towards you, 
the shadow of it sort of warbles a bit, and you're looking at this creature as your eyes sort of glaze over. It's now casting a shadow that matches you. That's really awkward. It's very weird, which which fucks with your brain just a little bit, and um, it makes you a little on edge. <laughs> nice. So it's still it's shadow, but it's take the shadow that it's casting is in the shape of you. Gotcha. So I two shadows, one that can serve me drinks, and the other one that could kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it does sort of end its turn um, there, sort of floating over the the ground. And then while this thing is sort of messing with you, another one sort of flies in, lands like uh, right, like flies in next to you for one action, lands, it's like adjacent with you now, and it's going to, uh, it's going to do a antler strike. So it's got these giant antlers on it, and it comes in and attempts, at the very least, to antler strike you. That is a 27. Mm-hmm. Which does hit. So you take... It's a hit, not a crit. You take 16 points of damage. Ouch. With the third and final action, it tries to do a fang strike on you. Oops, that's that's not the right roll. Well, it's a natural one. It doesn't matter. It's a critical miss. Do you do anything on a critical miss yet? No, it's on the other character. Never mind. Not, nothing? Okay. But that is the creature's turn... Up next is Celessa. First action is to like bring up. She has this large like rifle type thing, and she is like um, too close to this creature now because um, uh, she's got this rifle. It's a really awkward for for her to like be able to hit from where it is. So she's like, oh, shit. She just tries at a point blank range, even though she takes a penalty with this rifle. So she will uh, strike. The total of a 19. So I think what happens is she kind of goes up and it's awkward and the sort of claw of the creature knocks it side and there's a huge booming noise that echoes off. The, the shot fires off the airship off into the distance. That is a miss, unfortunately. The second action she takes is to, to sort of uh, stride back indoors away from this creature. Uh, it does not incur any opportunity attacks. And her third inf- action is to sort of like... Sh- and she's like reloading her, her giant rifle from in here. Um, but that is Celesta's turn. So, Saru, you are up on the top. You're doing this siege weapon, right? I am. I, I the, the guy who forever GMs professionally, have used a lot of specifically ballistas. <laughs> it's like, mm, yes, I know how this works. Okay, I've not used that many. I do know that uh, the siege weapons do have very specific um, rules around them. So I'm trying to look up. Yeah, I think it is just a ballista. So that should be. Uh... Just double check. Yeah, this is the this is this is the one for sure. So it's a two man job, two person job. It takes two two action loads to get it loaded. One action to aim, one action to launch. Right. What actions are you spending on your turn? So I have a million questions at the start of my turn. Uh, the first of which is the presumption that the thing is loaded. Uh, it is not loaded yet. 
Why is the ballista not loaded when we're going into a place called the Dinosaur Upland? Theoretically, it's it's not loaded because it's not really designed to be kept at tension all the time. I look at Milby and I am sad at him. Okay, so second question. Uh, with, because I can see what the token can see, and I don't know, like, I don't know if I have a firing arc from the ballista where it can turn that I can hit these things that doesn't also just fire into the deck. Right. So in this case, they have like from where you are to where they are, it's very awkward with the with the thing. There is some vision. They definitely have partial cover from where you are, but you would be able to at least aim at one where one of them are right now if you so chose. Okay. So then I will glance over at Nolby is their name. Glance over at Nolby. Load it. Um, and then, like, as that's happening, I'm going to do that thing that Investigator do. Untap, upkeep, devise a stratagem. It's going to be a 17. 17. Shit, never mind. And so then it's one action to... This is going to be really awkward when it passes to Nolby and then they re-aim and re-fire. But I guess that's the mechanics of it. Uh, one action to aim it, to point it on the presumption that I can just turn this thing 360 degrees and it's not mounted in some way. You can aim and haul three, all 365, 360 degrees. It looks like the, the stat says when you aim it, you can move the aim up to, 20, up to 35 feet. Um, I think right now it's probably pointed off towards the side. So probably one aim action... 35 feet swings it back, but it still would take probably two aim actions to even get to where they are from where it's pointing right now. Okay, got it. So then I'll just swing it around to face aft and that'll be all. Okay. I guess really before I pass, if it is pointed this way, does that then mean that I have a firing arc like in a cone? Anybody in there? Or is that one? Well, I answered my own question. JK, it's single target and I have to pick a square. You pick a square, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie, hold on. Cat is calling these murder reindeers. So. And the claws don't give no breaks. So, I'm going to take my free action to stride towards an enemy that I can see. That would be 25 feet there, I believe. Going through Hal, counting 10, so that'd be 25. Uh, Free action to draw my pistol. And I'm going to shoot it in the face. Gotcha. That's a 27. 27 is a hit. Nine points of damage. It takes the full nine points of damage from your shot. Second action. Reloading strike. And it is flat-floated to my melee strikes. Perfect. I will toggle flat-footed on. Alright. And I will... Hit him with my fist. Oh, nope. That Don't count that. That should have been at the map attack. So, minus four. Uh, with the minus four, that is a miss. It was uh, an eight on the dice if you want to hear a point it or just take the miss. I agree, Chef Mokrafikul. You should use your hero point. It's always in the heat of the moment. It's always when it gets exciting and then you chipmunk waste because that remember kids chipmunk reficule says elon musk sucks well that's a hero point that turns it into a hit nine more points of damage 
And that's my turn, says Chipmunk Ruficule. Oh, no, I already reloaded. Never mind. Uh, that was a reloading strike. Third action, I'm going to aid uh, Hal in his attack. So, yep, yep, all right. How are you attempting to aid? I'll make a feint. Hal, it is your turn. I will drop the blunderbuss that I had. Okay. Then I will do a... I'll have to have a free... Well... I have to have a free hand. I have one free hand, so I can hold on to it with one hand and then sock it. My hand's still free. So let's do that, but I'm going to punch it and I'm attempt to do a snagging strike. Okay, we'll start with the snagging strike. So my feint goes off? Yes, it does. Uh, go ahead and make that deception check. DC 20. 15 won't be enough to help, but doesn't hurt. So go ahead and make the attack roll for Hal. Watch out. Uh, f- 8 on the dice, 23. 23 is a hit. 5 points of damage. 5 points of damage. And it's snagged. Yep, it's got... It's now flat-footed. Flat-footed. All the new feats, what am I going to do? <laughs> like I haven't fought with my new feats yet. A knockdown. Make an attack, knock phone balance, make a melee strike, so I'll punch him with a fist. Uh, with a map attack, map minus four. Uh that is a that's definitely a hit. Okay, and if it hits I get to do a trip attack, which is an ath- athletics check. Yep. So I will do my athletics check. Why did I close my... 30 athletics. The trip is targeting... So it is a 30. You do take the map. Minus 4. And then... So that's a 26. And this is targeting the reflex DC. And this creature's reflex DC is lower than that. And you successfully trip the creature. Uh, It's a success, but not a critical success. So the creature uh, lands prone. Uh, that's my turn. All right, Nolby. So Nolby uses her first two actions to start loading this thing. It's two actions to load it. It does take two load actions to get it fully loaded. So she starts, she does the two, and then she begins doing another one, but she can't actually finish loading it until her next turn. So it takes two load actions of two actions each to finish loading the ballista. So unfortunately, so he watches, she's not quite capable of loading it fast enough for your, uh, for your shot to be ready. This creature, the one that, so this one here, the one that like Ruffy was beating up and shooting, this is the one that like mimicked Hal's shadow. So first action is to sort of move in, step in, I guess it's not stepping because, yeah, it was kind of hovering. So it like lands on the ground right in front of Hal and Ruffy with a stride. I think Ruffy already used the reaction anyways. Uh, targets Hal and tr- does an antler strike. That's a 20, which is a miss. And then a uh, Fang follow-up with third action. Ooh, that's a natural 20 from the creature. 
that is going to be critical hit damage on Hal. I don't know if you have a way to negate that. We just say no. <laughs> 32 points of damage to Hal. You take the jaw strike, but you stay standing. Um, and then this one that's prone, uh, the first thing it does with its action is uh, stand up. You want to smack it. Which triggers your opportunity attack. Smack the creature. Strike. Go. That is a hit. Unfortunately, not a crit, though. Uh, it takes the six points of damage, um, but it does stand up. Uh, second action is to... Antler Strike. 21 misses. And the third action is it kind of like, like flies out of your uh, reach and back out into the air on the outside of the airship, which takes it out of cover completely and is now like a wide open target for like Saruk up top. Perfect. Uh, all right, Celessa. She had already done an action. She actually... What she does is she actually runs back to the back of the cabin a little bit more and then targets this creature with her with her uh, weapon and even like through like Hal and stuff, she makes a uh, shot without the penalty for being too close. 22 is exactly what she needs to hit for hitting through Hal. Oh, she rolled low damage. She only got three damage on the creature. But it does hit, and then uh, instantly, like, reloads. Uh, Saruk. Hockey dokey. Untap upkeep. Devise a stratagem. That's looking good. That's a 30. That's looking real good. Okay, so then you're on your own for now. And for one action, I'm going to press the Boba Fett button on my back. Ooh, Boba Fett button. Let's do to it. Get the other ballista that's here today, the backpack ballista, and then would uh, a thirty hit the? I guess logically, the parrot and I have the most line of sight to is probably the one off the ship. Yeah, it is. Yeah, All right, thirty to hit him. What's the range on your backpack? Uh, considerable. Uh, I'm not looking at it, but it's like hundred and twenty or something like. Hang on. It is very Lorg. I remember that. Can you tell I haven't played this character in a few weeks? Uh, range increment of 180 feet. Got it. So no penalty. But I was looking. I, it was still marked flat-footed, and it wasn't because it would have been the difference between uh, a crit or not. It is a hit, but not a crit, unfortunately. Yeah, rip. Okay. So then uh, I'm going to target him. I'm going to do the thing, and then I'm going to do the other thing. And we're going to hope all of the things are procking in the way they're supposed to. Nice. I can live with 18 damage. Yeah, that's not bad at all. 18 points of damage is, as your Boba Fett. You guys are just watching off the side of the ship when the like Boba Fett missile ballista thing flies in off the top and just crashes in it. Like your backpack ballista is almost better than the one mounted on the ship, right? Yeah, I have opinions, but we. I don't want to bog down the stream with. Here's how I feel about these rules. That is otherwise better. Perfect. Um. All right, Ruffy. Oh my God, Strick fell off the bloody ship. No, I didn't. No way, I probably can't hear you. <laughs> can't even hear. <laughs> I think I'll... I'll shoot the one right in front of me. Why not? Actually, do I want to? 
Would that one have... How far away is the one that flew off? It's just barely off the edge of the ship. Looks like it's only about 25 feet away. Alright. And it doesn't have any cover, right? Because it's floating up in the air. Uh, that is correct. Alright. Um, let's do this, just because I feel like doing it in this order. I'm going to shoot him. The one far off. Okay. Hutcha. Ooh. 34, that is a critical hit. And as a gunslinger, that's what you like to see. It is. That's 38 points of damage. And the target uh, must succeed at a fortitude saving throw or be stunned for one round. Or he's just dead. It's permanently stunned as like you explode its sort of head. And then it just sort of falls out of the sky down towards the earth below. And it's out of the battle. Right. And, uh... I'm going to do a running reload, which is one of the feats I took. And I'm going to reload as I ru- stride, but really step behind this guy. And then uh, I'm going to do a map attack with my fist. I believe he should be flat-footed, correct? Yeah, it should trigger automatically. Ah, uh, that's a three, though. Yeah, flat-footed or not. I think maybe, like, the, the sort of ship sort of sways in the wind below you, which kind of catches you off guard, and then the, the shot goes wide. That's why I don't like being on bloody solid ground. Right, that's my turn. All right, Hal. I think Hal's going to release the blunderbuss, use release action for free and drop it, huh? then draw his kopesh, uh, make a strike against this creature, Let's call it a let's call it a snagging strike. Three on the dice, it's gonna be a miss. And then I'll since they bit the shit out of me, I'm gonna drilling parry it. Okay. And that's my turn. Okay. Perfect. Uh Nolby up top basically gets the uh gets the thing loaded, aimed, and then uses her third action to sort of swing it around and like aim or well yeah she she's it's just a few squares of where the creature was last time so she like spins it and like does her last action to aim it so it's like aimed at the creature ready to fire she's like ready to go boss and she like taps you on the back of your considerable calf muscles (laughs) (laughs) this creature gets a chance to go this creature will uh still like with the shadow thing on how um seems focused and will make an attack. Eight on the dice, 24. Because of the dueling parry, that's a miss. So the, the antler comes in, the blade, the kopesh comes up, deflects the antler. Not bad. Uh, second action, fang strike. Ooh, that's another natural 20 on the dice. We should have taken the off week. <laughs> Damn it. Well, let's hope for low damage. That's not low. 34 points of damage to Hal. Hal goes to dying two thanks to the critical hit. Let's see. That was two actions. I think with that, it like spins around. Oh, actually, there was actually more. You're supposed to be making saves every time it hits you, and I forgot. But you're lucky. It's, it's fine. Uh, it spins around, and with its last action, it looks at you, Refi. And it does the mimic shadow on you. I need you to make a will saving throw. 
That's a 26. You steal your emotions and your shadow. You feel it trying to do something with your shadow. And in your mind, it doesn't work. I have no emotions, you little bitch. You can't fool me. We're working on him. Celessa is like, oh, you know, she's she's she runs up. Next to Hal, I guess her first action would be to take the shot that she's already loaded. So I'll target that. I'll make the strike with the weapon. Uh, 14 on the dice. That's a hit. Eight points of damage on this creature. Uh, second action is to like do a um, a stride towards Hal. That's I guess the third action is to reload. Uh, Saruk. Excellent. So really quickly, at the top of my turn, this this changes nothing, but I'm saying this out loud in front of the boys' TM, so the boys' TM can call me out because I took shared stratagem and I keep forgetting to fucking trigger it when I hit things. So. <laughs> When I hit something, when I've done good things, guys yell at me until I make it flat-footed. That's how I learn. But speaking of that, I'm going to devise a shot at the top of the round. Jeez, uh, yeah, it's your shot. And then for one action, I'm going to draw the Giselle, which I guess I will draw two-handed because, well, you know, up here nice, safe in houses, safe as houses on the observation deck. Uh, so plus one to that from the rune. What a 29 hit them. 29 is a hit. Not a crit, but a hit. Bruh. 17 right. damage. 17 nice. points of damage. I'm really happy my friends didn't immediately yell at me because that's really healthy signs. But <laughs> I'm going to declare Refi. I don't know how the fiction works in this sense because I probably can't really see what's going on. I just see something moving and shoot. But hey, Refi, that thing is flat footed for the next attack. <laughs> you know, I wonder if Refi's ever heard the phrase eye for an eye. <laughs> <laughs> and that is me. Nice. Okay. Uh, Ruffy, it is your turn. Alright. Uh, I think I'd like to shoot in the face after seeing my friend Hal go down. It's flat-footed thanks to this shared stratagem. Saruks has like spun it in the perfect way to open up um, an attack for Ruffy. There's a, a very loud 1950s bullet ricochet off their antlers and they turn down. <laughs> Not as high as I was hoping. A 21 would normally be a miss. However, in this case, thanks to the flat-footed condition, it is a hit. With minimum damage. Three damage. Fantastic. Three damage. Third action will be... Reloading Strike. Uh, 19. Now, is it flat-footed for the strike? Because of any of your features? Uh, I would be flat-footed to my... Melee attack, yeah. Because of the flat-footed condition, again, it stacks and this becomes like a hit. Oh, I thought it was already flat-footed, that's why I didn't say anything. It was just for the strike, so I toggled it off, but then... Ah, yeah, no, it made my... The, it made my, the difference. Yeah, my sword and pistol feet would yeah. make it... Uh... I should have left it on there. Alright, so that is... A little better, 12 points of damage. Uh, so 12 points of damage is enough... To basically finish this thing off, so how does that look as you, like, punch it to death? I'll shoot at its, like, eye, right? And as it's howling, 
I literally take my hand down its throat and rip out its spine. Very... That escalated quickly, good lord. Yep. Uh, you, you Technically, you still have one more action, I believe. Or I, I guess I wouldn't be able to rip it. I, I, I like, pierce through the back of its throat with my with my hand. I didn't realize we were playing Fist of the Ruby Phoenix. Anything for your last action? Last action, I would like to um, stride up to Hal, so I'm next to him in the next round. Nolby is like ready to take the shot and like literally at like you can we we see her like looking through the little scope like locked onto the creature and as she's getting ready to take the shot there's just a, a view of like Refugee like punching through this thing's like eye socket out the back of its head and like ripping like part of his spine and she's just like looks out of the thing up at Saruk and goes holy shit did you see that just fucking punch that thing mud jagua <laughs> <laughs> punch the enemy three loads gun <laughs> uh, but how you are currently dying too would you please make me a death saving throw unless you have a hero point to cash in from chat in any way I do not if chat would like to save how right now send a hero point in Nina Nina get your ass in the call save the spans <laughs> fail. Six of the fail, so you go to dying three. Um, pretty close to death, I per se. One more. Yeah, one more away. Celesta kind of comes down next to Hal, drops the weapon, cradles him, and looks up at, at Ruffy like, I, I, I don't have a healer's kid. You got, got anything? Um, but she has nothing she can do other than sort of cradle him. Saruk? Well, I'm not sure I know up here on the nice and safe observation deck. Out of character, everyone remembered to get all those potions that I need to make, distribute them on the sheet, right? About five uh, elixirs of life. <laughs> okay, so then I guess uh, looks like there's nothing else bad moving. I think if we're still on initiative, I'll take the one action here to reload the Giselle. And then action the second, I guess, can I just scan the surrounds to see if there's anything else going on? Yeah, give me an active perception check to seek off, see if there's anything else coming. Dirty 20. All right, looking off for the moment, it appears that there's no more of these shadows. There's nothing else that you can see currently following the ship. Nolby, next time leave this thing loaded. You never know when whatever in the hells those are are going to descend on us. Is there a fast way down? Not really, boss. Kind of ladder is the only way to go unless you want to go. And she points to the side and you can see that around the edge of the blimp, there is this haphazardly like stitched in rope ladder that you theoretically could try to like hang on and descend down towards the cabin. Do it. You know, it's it's basically the armor. same. As just, yeah, it's it. You know, otherwise it's just down the ladder. It's a little easier to go down the ladder than up. A little quicker, but it's I am quite strong a enough track. to have bought off my armor's check penalty now with the level up. So, like, if I were to take the sketch ladder, would it would it be like a straight down to where the rest of the team is? You'd basically one of the, like so it goes around the side. They're on this observation deck, so you basically be going down, and the ladder would sort of end right at the top of the second story 
and you still would have to drop down off the ladder like one whole story to land on the observation deck. You'd still be like 15 feet above them at best. Gotcha. It's like an emergency sort of situation sort of thing, you know? <laughs> okay, so then last question before I end my turn. In a hypothetical universe where I needed to jump off the side of where I am and land where the team is, is that a thing that could be done? Yeah, it's absolutely something that could be done. I think uh, we're looking at probably like a 30-foot fall, but it's doable. Gotcha. Okay, so I think for my last action, it's weird how this works in combat, but if you'll run with the fiction, I think I'll start the one minute of reload the backpack ballista fishing out from my backpack the next backpack ballista bolt and like screwing it together. Yep, for sure, yeah. It's a little it's a little slower than reloading this ballista at the very least, but not by much. Only eight more turns. That's me, though. <laughs> for Ruffy. <sighs> Hal can't go quite yet. You said you had things you want to do afterwards. And I spend one action to take off my backpack. Second action to take out an elixir, minor elixir. Wait, how many actions is it to give it to him? One. One? Alright. Third action. Give him the elixir. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you go ahead and, and do that. How you snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. gravity. (laughs) Yeah, we're on the same wavelength there. (laughs) Three hit points, which is enough to bring you back from the brink of death, at least. At least you didn't roll a natural one on your death save. Let's just say that, right? Uh, So you wake up, Cradle. Like You kind of like wake up. You're in Celeste's arms. Ruffy's sort of feeding this potion like down your your throat. But you are no longer uh, dying three. You're just back to uh, wounded one. But you are sort of awake no more creatures alive. There's like a dead creature with his head exploded lying next to you on the, the airship. Hal comes awake and says, Angelique. And he looks around with his friends. What happened? You're a creature of shadow. Figured it was too soon for you to walk towards the light. <laughs> oh, so you're saying like the rust monster. Hmm. Something like that. So much for a nice peaceful vacation, at least for a day. And I'll wrap my arm around Celeste and say, take me back to the room. Uh, at that point, like while you're still lying there, like having this moment, there's like heavy footsteps as Gattleby kind of comes through and like steps over you while you're lying there and you're in the arms and kind of just like walks right over the top of you guys and like sidles back up to the bar where he was. Can I trip him? Oh, you can absolutely trip him. I don't even think there's a check needed for this nerdy dude to get tripped by Ruffy. The paladin is up topside. I can't see this. This is your moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruffy trips Vashon. Vashon sort of trips over your leg and sprawls, like falls into the side of the bar and like tumbles and the like bar stool sort of, it's like bolted in place so it doesn't give. So it sort of smacks into him and he lands on the ground and like loses his breath and is looking up at you. Oh, sorry. Didn't see you there, friend. You're so good at hiding. Like, he's got blood trickling out of his his mouth. Um, But he knows better than to pick a fight. He's seen what you can do. So he doesn't say anything. As the bodies are laying. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sits back up, wipes the blood off the back of his throat, and then yells, I need a drink! Till we fucking all. So in that moment, there's like a huge sort of... um, like grinding noise and you guys hear like 
what sounds like like <laughs> it's really loud. It hurts everyone's ears. Nolby and Saruk up on the top. You look over, and uh, one of the engines off to the side. There's black smoke just pouring out of one of your engines. Did we miss one? No, he's like, ah, shit. I don't know. Let's get down there, boss. And she's immediately hits the ladder and just does like one of those like firemen slide down the edge of the ladder to kind of run in. Same right behind. You look off the side, uh, Ruffy and Hal. You guys, you guys be making your way up to the room if you want. That's fine. But like one of your engines is out, and your your ship is sort of like drifting in like lazy circles, just kind of in place at this point. You get back to like the uh, where the engine rooms are, right? Uh, Gelbin Gebin is over on one of one of the engine rooms. The smoke is pouring out of the other one, and it's it's hard to see like through the smoke. And you watch Saruk as Nolby like immediately just dives into the room through the smoke. Uh, it's it's wafting out. It's like kind of hard to like breathe. Um, give me a perception check. Alrighty, and Sterk's gonna run in right behind her. Cha. Seventeen. Seventeen. It's hard to make out what's going on. You get in there um, and you step in, and then you feel that like what's happened is the the solid floor gives way to like metal grating, and through the smoke, it's hard to see. You kind of step forward, and it almost looks for like a second. You almost step right off to like a plummeting fall, but you catch yourself and like the goblins like, no, they put their hand on you. Uh, You didn't roll that bad to like walk off the edge, but you realize where this engine is. It's just like open sky down to like nothing. And like the thick black smoke pouring out, you're having trouble making sense of what's going on. Um, You can hear the goblins are like chattering back and forth about something in the engine. And um, it takes some time. But as you're in there with them, they eventually get the like engine shut down. The smoke sort of stops. And you notice right in the center of one of your engines, there's a giant, not a giant, but there's a thick, heavy iron chain that's wrapped up in one of the engines. And it looks like it's like jammed up your engine. How the fuck did that happen? And Cirque is going to try to make his way over. Is it is it safe? Can I pull it out? Uh, yeah, they tell you you can go ahead and pull it out. It's not too hard. You just got to be careful not to, like, fall into the open air. But you're able to, like, get, like, kind of untangle it. It takes, you know, quite a bit. It's, it's mostly, like, a time thing, and it's not, like, a quick just yank. But you're able to sort of work out how to get it out, working with the goblins. And they're like, ah, sh- I don't know, boss. I mean, Goblin's like, this is your this is your engine. And Nobody's like, oh, we were in the ballista. You, He said I was the one to go. And Fighting start- is not going to get us anywhere, you two. And I'm just going to, like, look down at the chain. Is it, like, literally just a chain, oopsie, the car broke down? Or a chain, like, like chain shot? Like, someone put this in here? First, give me a perception check. I will tell you that it looks like it's definitely not, like, a chain shot. It's not like a it was attached to a, a arrow or anything like that. It just looks like a very, very standard iron link chain kind of which is not super uncommon in like Alkenstar. yeah you've you're not able despite your best efforts you're not able to stifle the fighting between the two for long as they start arguing over whose fault it is like you should have been watching i was up top he's like it's your engine it's your job i'm telling the boss it's your fault i don't care which one of you it is go get the the girl who's been with the giant robot we can fix this Ah, we got it, boss. Don't worry. We okay, just then it. stop fucking arguing and help me. Please. Uh, give me a diplomacy check. 
I feel like this is a no cause for alarm moment because it feels like when the ship is going to go down. Uh, well, it, it, luckily it doesn't feel like, especially with the way the ship is designed, this isn't like making you guys like plummet to the earth or anything. Ooh, natural 20. Nice. With that natural 20, you are able to sort of cause them to put their like arguing aside for a bit and get the job done. And um, you can help them like clear out all the chain. You can help them get it repaired it's going to get you back on faster than you would normally have them bickering um you're not in danger of crashing in any way the airship is still floating fine there's no damage as far as you can tell to the integrity of the hull or any of the the sort of um gas filled pockets in the blimp it's just the propulsion engine seems to have stopped moving causing you guys to just drift in circles not able to get to your destination and so they shut off the other engine and uh, you guys are able to start working at getting it fixed under your supervision and you're stopping these two half-siblings from, like, being at each other's throats. Yes, you do. And then while I'm in here, can I, like, give this thing a quick once-over and see uh, exactly how much duct tape is holding this thing that's helping me defy gravity together? Yeah, you could probably give me, like, a, a crafting check or a engineering lore check if you have one. I'm not a need good, but I'm sort of good. 28. 28. Looking through it, it appears that despite the fact that the ship itself seems pretty run down, uh, you're actually pretty impressed with the, the integrity of the engine and how well it's kept together. You don't spot, it doesn't look like this thing is like duct tape and bolts and one minute away from like breaking. And it's odd that this would happen. In your opinion, it was not due to negligence. This seems intentional and so the, the goblin who wasn't with me I'm, I'm this is my steve impression i can't remember the names of the goblins because they are not sticking what was their name nelbin nelbin and nelbin's Nol- the one that was with you gotcha i thought it was with nolby nolby was with me and gelbin was here yeah gebin was gotcha. the other one gebin who was in here during the the encounter not just us three boss us three, as in the three people who are standing here currently, because two of us were up here. Yeah, it would be you, you. I mean, I didn't see anyone else. I was in that engine room, keeping things running smooth. So it was just you in the in the room, and then it broke. I don't like what you're insinuating, but yes. What I'm insinuating is this ship is marvelously well put together, and I don't think it just fell apart. Is there something you're not telling me? Hang on, don't don't reply in character. I have a, a feat. Isn't there two rooms? There is, yeah. There's two separate engines, one on each side of the ship. So he was in one room working on one. The one he wasn't in is the one that got broke. Oh, okay. So I just asked who was in this room, and he said he was in this room, which should imply that he was in this room, and then it broke. Yeah, no, he's, what he's saying is he was in the other room working on that engine. This engine was unmanned because Nolby, who's supposed to take care of it, was up with you, which is the cause of their fighting Okay, okay, I see, I see. Never mind, pretend I didn't say that. I totally, I, I don't need to ask a pointed question because I don't. I no longer think this man's broke the engine. Got it, okay. Uh, hmm. Downstairs, right, like Hal and, and Refi, like this engine blowing hasn't escaped the notice of the captain who's immediately like come stumbling out to see like what's going on and comes in and, and is very impressed when she arrives that the goblins are working together without being at each other's throats. Um, and you guys are making good progress. And she's like, I, I must ask Saruk, ah, how'd you do it? 
Do what? Shoot flying monsters? Well, I uh... no. Keep these two from getting at each other's throats. Uh, to be honest with you, I spent several months hanging out with that bastard. I uh, towards Refi, and I feel like I'm very trained to babysit now. Well, pretty impressive. But which one do I got to fire for breaking my shit? Neither of them. It, the engine that went down, and then I like I produced the chain. This was hung up in it. You don't think this fell out anywhere and then just happened to oopsie its way into the propeller, do you? Rhetorical question. Of course you don't. Yeah, she looks at the chain. She looks at Gelbin. She looks at Nolby. Gebin and Nolby. And looks back at you. You don't need to fire anyone, but I do think you need to have a frank question internally about the people who you've hired because this reeks of sabotage. Indeed. Uh, unless, of course, you think your ship is falling apart as it's going through the air, and I, I don't think the... Oh, how do you frame it? The the fairest airship this side of Smokeside? Not the thing, is it? Let me ask you, Saruk. Where were you during all this? I nod generally upward. Got an alibi? I look over to the goblin who was with me and nod at them. What were we doing during the fight with the flying wolf things? Well, I was loading that thing over and over, and he was shoot. They were like shooting their backpack thing at this creature, and they got. Uh, I mean, boss, don't worry. He's good. And then I, I tap the the badge. This badge says I don't lie to people. I believe you, but I'll tell you something. Someone on this ship's a saboteur. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, Nolby. When you guys came up here, did you lock the door behind you? You guys are like, she looks, ah, no, we were kind of in a rush. Door, door was left wide open. So what you're saying is anyone on this cabin could have had access to this room. There's a reason we have locked doors. I'm docking you one day's pay. Look, just get everybody, get, bring them to the observation deck. I, my companions and I can conduct an interview. We'll, we'll figure it out. She just did what she needed to do in the moment. It's more than reasonable to leave a door unlocked, you know, if you're on the top of a ship manning a ballista and suddenly maybe someone's sibling might have to sprint across a ship to fix the other engine, right? Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to be running this with at least eight crew. You got, you got three of us, boss. Like, what are we supposed to do? like no excuses it get it done and she leaves but she leaves it to you she says if you want to if you want to root out the saboteur i know my crew's safe i'm guessing it was one of those passengers you brought along do i do i think that the crew is safe um give me a secret perception slash sense motive of the situation i mean i guess are you asking just in general do you think the crew is safe yeah i feel like i've talked to a lot of people i feel like i might be able to then retroactively use that big brain surucas wouldn't you know it i rolled question marks question marks nice i think as you roll your question marks and you rack your brain about whether you trust the crew implicitly or not um i think the answer is no given the situation and given that 
most of the people that you brought on this ship, Saruk, wouldn't have known how this thing even worked in the first place. Your suspicions are that it's probably an inside job. You think somebody within the crew is more than meets the eye. Someone's up to something. For sure. As to who it is, you're not sure. The only one you know it wasn't is Nolby. But your gut tells you somebody knows their way around the ship and somebody put that chain in there on purpose. Somebody that was unaccounted for during the skirmish. So then I think as as fair as anything, Captain, please ask the entire crew and passengers to meet on the observation deck in five minutes. Uh, so as Ruffy and Hal are sort of like skipping, like limping back to bed, Farrah comes across you guys. <sighs> Big one says, observation deck, five minutes. We'll be back on course within an hour. Lucky! Lucky's like in hiding in his bedroom and he's like under the covers. <laughs> yes, boss! Dinner! While we sort this out. And then he makes his way, sure, 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 sure uh, out of his cabin over to like the the kitchen area on the second floor, and he begins to whip up a dinner for everyone while everything is sorted, and you can sit down and sort of interrogate everyone to your heart's content. Man, this is the Orient Express. Damn it, we were making jokes about that. <laughs> you weren't too far off. Can I take a look at Lucky as he's passing by? Sure. What are you looking for? How's he? How's he looking? How's his? What does his hands look like? Sure. Yeah. Give me a perception check. What do you know? I rolled question marks. Wow! Holy shit! Nice question marks again. Um, as you see him making his way from his bedroom over towards the the kitchen area, it's very subtle, very subtle. But you notice within like a spot just under like on the inside of his hand that he's kind of like covering there is both a uh, spot of like dark smudge grease um as well as what looks like uh almost like a small cut on the palm of his hand before, before he gets too far i'll say captain i believe uh my companion saruk asked for everybody on the deck maybe dinner can wait can't we do it all at once? I, I I think we should get everyone there first. <sighs> VIPs are the fucking worst. I know why I retired now. <laughs> first the questions, then the dinner. And uh, slowly everyone's sort of poking their heads out of their rooms. Gattleby, oh, Gattleby's at the bar waiting for Lucky to come bring him a drink still. Uh, Celeste is out there. I guess the only people that are in the bars are the the two uh, siblings that have been in their room this whole time. And like, they're like, is it, is it safe? Are we safe now? 